Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today we hear from Rick Haskins, President of Streaming and Chief Branding Officer at The CW, as part of C21's Content LA On Demand, about the US broadcast network's growing on-demand service and content strategies for reaching audiences across both. C21's Content LA On Demand virtual conference wrapped last week with a series of panel discussions and one-on-one interviews exploring how the US television business is evolving in a period of unprecedented change. From the shift to streaming, the challenges of keeping production going during the pandemic, the Black Lives Matter movement and a move towards more international focused development, these discussions tackled the gamut of issues and opportunities confronting Hollywood right now and the status of US programming on the global stage. Rick Haskins is President of Streaming and Chief Branding Officer at The CW, a role he was promoted to in January last year, taking on responsibility for the US broadcaster's free ad-supported streaming service CWC. He spoke to C21 about how he's leading the development of original programming production and acquisitions across both platforms, how his content strategy adapted to the events of last year and the future of network television. Let's get straight into the questions. You said last year, as you took on this latest role, that you'd be doing a lot of internal analysis about how to best serve the linear network and the streaming platform that you have. Uh, How's that been going so far? And what are the key lessons that you've learned as you look at those two different aspects of the CW? Sure. I mean, the one thing I'll say kind of just as an overview is that because both of those platforms are ever-changing, we are ever-learning ever-changing, and I think in many ways that's a good thing. One of the things that we have discovered is building an ecosystem that has both linear, digital, and our social media has helped all of those platforms immensely because we are able to move viewers from one to the other to the next and back again. And I think that is the most important learning that we have done, and I think one of our secrets to success is incorporating all of the platforms and understanding how to move people from platform to platform. Right. And, and you've been at this a lot longer than many of the new platforms that have emerged in the past year. And we're starting to see a huge number of those proliferating with broadcasters putting an ever-increasing emphasis on streaming. What's the experience been like for you and how do you see audience behaviour changing? You know, I think that back in the day when we started it, one of our mantras is we want to provide the consumer or the viewer uh, programming where they want it, how they want it, and when they want it. And that is a continuing uh, mantra for us. And I think what's happening is that the audience who has appreciated that is continuing to grow and expand. And one of the real success, one of the reasons why the SVOD and AdVOD services are proliferating now, because it does allow the consumer to kind of decide what they want to watch, when they want to watch, and where they want to watch it. So I think that that is something that we started a long time ago that is still very much one of the cornerstones of our business plan. Yeah. I mean, the CW's got many great shows, but do you see that some perform better on linear and some better on demand? Absolutely. I mean, I think what's interesting, and here's a great example, All American, which is one of our shows, uh, tends to do much better on a digital basis than it does on a linear basis. And I think one of the reasons why is because, as you know, 
when uh, the season ends, it goes to Netflix. Netflix has a very large audience. A lot of people watch All American on Netflix and then return to the CW to see the new season. And because Netflix is a digital platform, I think that that is the reason why All American is doing so well on our digital platform. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point, I think, because um, that complex relationship with Netflix, I mean, you you were key to setting up that deal, which saw titles going to them after airing on the CW. But then the network took back its in-season streaming rights for, for a bunch of shows. And now you have a kind of balanced relationship with them. I mean, how would you describe it? Uh, I'd like to think of it as a good relationship. I hope they do as, as well. I think that uh, we benefit from it, and I think that Netflix benefits from it as well. As we're starting the new adventure with both Paramount Plus and HBO Max uh, from our parent companies, we are now moving some of the newer titles to their to their platforms rather than Netflix. However, what we're gaining in return is that we're getting full stack during the year. So what we can do is that we can ensure that the viewers of CW will enjoy the full stack of the individual shows until they do move on to HBO Max and Paramount Plus, hopefully giving them a reason why to continue to watch. Right. Um, and I guess there's a sort of symbiotic way that that can work because HBO Max, of course, is a is a very new service. They're, they're hungry for their own content and, and building up their own audience through their own shows. Right. But what's interesting um, to me is that one of the reasons why Netflix did so well or is doing well is because they understood the relationship between new product and um, old product and how the old product can actually bring more people in because you have 22 episodes and you can stay, keep them there for 22 hours. Most of the new product tends to be what, eight to maybe 13 episodes at the most. So you don't get to see, A, it's not as well known. So it's going to take a while to build brand awareness and B, you don't have as many hours. So I think that the relationship between old and new product is one that will work just as well on Paramount Plus and HBO Max as it, as it does on, on Netflix. What do you think will be the key to holding your own and maintaining your audience in what's becoming an increasingly diversified marketplace? Yeah, I, I think um, it's going to be, it's all about the brand. It's all about understanding who you are and what you are, communicating that, make sure that you are feeding to your target audience. Never, ever try to be everything to any to everybody because you'll be nothing to nobody. And I think that that is something a lot of people tend to forget if they're changing their brand or trying to expand their brand. They've got to remember their core base first, give them what they want, and then step out to give other people what they want. So for, from our end, I think that we've always been kind of a, a, a younger skewing network. I think we're going to continue to do that. I think that we our target audience is that millennial, that 18 to 34-year-old. And we're going to continue to do that. We're not necessarily going to grow out. We're going to focus in and provide them the best possible product that we can. Yes. Okay. Now, there's a conventional wisdom that that 18 to 34-year-old uh, demographic, they're all about on-demand and streaming. They're not interested in linear television. But you found that that's not necessarily the case? I think that um, there's definitely a trend toward digital. 
However, I do think that we, um, there are still some 18 to 34 year olds that are watching it and that's uh, watching it on TV. And that's, that's fine. I think it again, depends on the show. And a good example would be Kung Fu, which we just recently launched is doing very well in, in all the key demos, both on a linear platform and on a digital platform. The thing that's interesting is that you can't just say, okay, what's this going to do on an overall look? It is on a show by show basis who your competition is, what's happening. And so it, it, a lot of it depends on uh, the makeup of the individual shows. And we see that a lot. Social media, for instance, when we do shows, we do not do a one process only of our social media. Every social media account that we have is treated very differently. The number of executions we give, the time of day we give to them, what we give to them, it is, uh, they're very unique and uh, very often very persnickety as an audience if you don't deliver exactly what that particular audience of that particular show expects from you. In what respect is uh, scheduling affect that? A lot of people are saying scheduling's dead, right? Because in this uh, view when you want, where you want and how you want it, as that's moving forward, scheduling is very much alive. And again, I'm gonna use Kung Fu as the example. When, Kung Fu was at eight o'clock and led into Nancy Drew. The number of Nancy Drew's nine o'clock actually grew because the scheduling of the eight o'clock Kung Fu was more akin to the audience of Nancy Drew. And therefore we lifted the whole night. So scheduling does in fact count. And by the way, I have a full disclosure. Sometimes I'm a naysayer of that as well, but I see these examples and realize, no, that's not the case. It is important to schedule. And how do you manage that on the on-demand platform? I mean, one of the things that we see often on, on all manner of streaming services is that as soon as one show comes to an end in the last 10 seconds or so, another one's going to be queued up saying, hey, if you like this one, you'll probably like this as well. Um, I suppose that's streaming's on-demand's equivalent of, of coming up next. It is. It, it is. And also uh, during the digital performance, we also have the opportunity to put in promos to push to those individual shows. So we've got that opportunity in show, and then we can, with the algorithm, push to a show that they may or they may like based on their preferences. So yes, we have, we have, we have two weapons on digital, and I'd say the scheduling and the promo weapon, different weapons on linear, if you will. Yeah. And, and also, what about the, the tiling, the, the, the sorting of the the content on the platform itself? I don't have, I, I just have gut reaction to that. I don't have specific, so I've just got empirical data. I do think tiling is important because I think that as people go and start looking for shows, it is, but more important than almost the position of the title, it's what the key art of the title is. That's what's going to catch the eye. That's what's going to say, oh, this looks interesting. So that's where, it's not all about data. It is a marriage of creative and data. And I think that if you just focus on data alone, you're not necessarily going to be as successful as when you marry those two pieces together. Yes. So that, that's where you're bringing in the curator. You're, you're bringing in the program. That's right. You're bringing in the vision of what the show is. The data tells you this audience probably is going to like it, but the visual of it is the, the, the deal closer that this does look interesting and I do want to watch it. 
And tell me a little bit about the balance between the original commission programming that you have and uh, the acquisitions. Yeah, and that is a it is a, a, a great balance. I think that for CW, the linear channel, the bulk of that is original program. Last year with the pandemic, we did reach outside on an international basis to bring in some shows because of COVID protocol. A lot of our shows did not make it on air or they did not make as many episodes. So we did reach out and we did have acquisitions. And so from that, again, you rely on the brand and what acquisitions look closest to the brand that you have. So that's on the linear side. We have another piece of CW Seed where what we like to do is we like to bring in shows that um, have been on the air, may not be on the air anymore, but still have that same DNA that our millennial audience is looking for. And it, it is funny, uh, we have a show, Hellcats, that has been running on us now for five years, and we constantly get the question, when is the new season starting of that show? So to the millennial or people that like it, they just love the show. They don't care that it's old. They don't care that it's repurposed product. They just want their Hellcats. Yes. Yeah, so I take from that that the importance of acquisitions is quite high then if the audience isn't necessarily making the distinction with what's an original. Yeah, I think that's a really fair statement. And Kevin Levy, who is our EVP of scheduling acquisitions, has done a fantastic job this year of really combing through worldwide product and coming up with some great things that work within the CW DNA. So it, it works for us, it works for our audience, and it also works for the people that we're acquiring the product for from. So yeah, it has become a much more important, a much more visible point of our business. Right. And and so does that result also in different acquisitions for the streaming platform versus the, the linear network? It, it, it does. I think that the streaming platform is a little bit different in that the audience of linear and the audience of digital is slightly different in age. So we do tend to look for, uh, we'll go on the younger side of acquisitions. I think that uh, Kevin and Linear will go for the broader side of acquisitions, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I'd imagine that even if you have your particular demo, you'd want the CW, if it can, to bring in an older audience. That is that is correct. So it it, it is it is a different the the stuff that we that we bring in for CW is different than the the acquisitions we bring in for CWC. Right. And are there any particular examples of a couple of things that might have worked in that way? Yeah, I think that we've had a lot of success and I'm going to go, uh, we have had a lot of success with Coroner, which is a Canadian show um, that has done very, very well for us on broadcast. I think that for CWC, um, what did well for us is Sheets Creek. So again, both Canadian, both acquisitions, but both a, oh, a little bit different point of view. I think that for our younger audience on Seed, we do look for more of a, a comedy bent to it, if possible. Um, and I think that on Linear, we do look for more of a procedural bend. So back in the days when everything was just linear, it was easy to rank your performance against other channels because of Nielsen ratings, you could see how many people on any given evening and whatever demo in whatever time slot were tuning into your shows. But how do you rank yourselves now in the streaming era and what sorts of uh, metrics are you using? 
No, I think that that's I think that that is a, a, a fair question. A couple of things. Number one, although uh, Nilton is moving into that area, what I know from a streaming perspective is I know because this is how we look at it right now. I know exactly how many people are watching it. We don't have a a Nielsen panel. We actually know what it is. And I will also tell you one of the things that we look at all the time is social media reaction. We know very, very quickly. We know during the show whether that show is tracking or not based on the comments that we're getting from our social platforms. So I think in many ways that becomes as important as the actual numbers because I think that the reaction to it informs the brand. And I think the digital numbers inform the business. Right. Um, and you mentioned previously that you, you feel very good about where the linear channel's at. You've built a good symbiotic relationship between that and the streaming platform, CWC. But as you look across the, the broader linear landscape, however, you know, how do you think that's going to change? Do you think that other networks are also going to be able to make the transition as seamlessly or do you think it's going to be a, a struggle for them? You know, look, I, it's, it's hard to predict this. It really, it really is. I can tell you this, that our mantra again is uh, look at what the viewer's doing. Understand what they're doing help them achieve what they want to achieve and you're going to be just fine. I think, again, a lot of times what people do is they say, we want this audience, but if they don't have the audience at the time, it's going to be hard to bring in that audience and keep their old audience. So I think it's just, again, it's really understanding who the audience is, what they want, where they want it and how they want it. Yes, and I know that sounds simple, yeah. but it it's, it's uh, kind of led us since 20, uh, 2008 when we started with Gossip Girl on streaming uh, to do pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we've seen networks do well. We've seen other ones do not so well. It's going to be the same in streaming. There's bound to be winners and losers. Correct. Uh, do, do you think the number of digital platforms that are out there right now, can that continue to be sustainable or do you think we're going to see some of them go away? You know, I think it's going to be hard to have as many that are out there now sustainable because the whole promise of the SVOD services is uh, it was going to be less than your cable bill. Well, if you bought every single SVOD that is up there now, it is no longer less than your cable bill. And I suspect it's slightly higher than your cable bill. So I think that if you keep the original promise, um, you're going to see some of them struggle more than others, and some of them are just not going to make it. And I don't have a crystal ball of which ones those are, and I don't have the reasons why one might be better than the other. I just know that there is a limited capacity for the human mind to keep everything in track and uh, them, them using everything. And do you view things competitively um, a little bit different in the sense that CWC's a, a free service that people watch with advertising, whereas Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, uh, you're paying a monthly fee to access those services. Yeah, I mean, look, there, there's two magic words in marketing. The first magic word is new, and the second magic word is free. And I think that we've got the free down, and I do think that people are willing to watch advertising if they know it's free. And I think that that's going to become more and more a benefit 
as there's more and more SVOD services and people are going to say, why am I paying X dollars a month when I could get something for free? And I think that you're seeing a lot of that happening now with upfronts coming on right now and a lot of AdVod services starting to show up. So I do think that that free mantra is, um, they're, they're seeing it. However, I will also say that you need to know who your audience is that wants that free product. And, and I think that that is the, the real challenge, um, especially when you're moving from a broadcast model to a SVOD or AdVod model that broadcasters are used to a much larger audience. And sometimes you can get that in digital and sometimes you can't. You mentioned briefly there the upfronts, uh, everything went digital or didn't happen at all last year because of COVID. I mean, uh, I guess this year it's gonna be the, the case again, there'll be a digital presentation rather than in-person upfronts. Yeah, you know, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, than I think everybody else is in that I think that there there is Zoom fatigue. We we just want to be aware of that with all our constituents. Um, if 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 all of our clients went to all of the Zoom upfronts, I think there's 51 of them this year. So what we're trying to do is get things doing a little bit differently, be much quicker about it have it kind of open so that people can come to it when they want to, as opposed to at a specific time. We're gonna do a Q&A that will be a specific time, but other than that, uh, it is on-demand viewing of the pilots, on-demand of the cutdowns, so that they can look at it, again, when they want, where they want, and how they want, so. More broadly, with that COVID disruption, you mentioned a lot of shows weren't able to run as long as intended or had to cease altogether, meaning a bit more of a reliance on acquisitions. Um, do, do you think you're going to be in a situation where things get back to how they were in terms of that balance of commission versus acquisition? Or you know, has it been the case that some of the shows that you picked up have performed so well uh, that you'll stick with that strategy? Yeah, look, that is a that is a great question. I think that our overall goal is to get back to normal. But I will also say that there may be a new normal, and that new normal may be all of the traditional uh, shows that, that we um, are parent companies. But I think you are going to see some of the acquisitions stay in place because they work for the CW audience. So I think we're trying to get to normal, but it's going to be a new normal. The last thing that I wanted to touch on was diversity yeah. and, and representation. Obviously, it's a topic that's been hugely discussed in the last year, uh, underrepresented voices being brought to the fore. Um, and I would have thought that for the CW in particular, having that younger audience, that's really important. They want to see in their shows a variety of characters that look like modern day America and storytelling that represents a, a, a multiplicity of voices. I, I look, agree 100%. And in fact, I think that we, like we led the way with multi-platform, we have led the way with DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, in that uh, Mark Padowitz, who is my boss, the CEO of CW, years ago set out to accomplish that in the writer's room, in the producers, with our, uh, with our shows. So I think that we have had a head start. That does not mean we're slowing down. That means we are very involved with this on a daily basis. There are not, uh, there's not one conversation that goes by that doesn't include some type of DEI 
piece of it into it because we do believe in it. We do think it's the right thing to do and we want to continue to do it. Rick Haskins from the CW speaking as part of C21's Content LA On Demand. Video versions of all the sessions are available on c21media.net right now if you're a pro subscriber and there'll be more from the event in the podcast tomorrow. But in the meantime, stay safe and up to date with all the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>